Um, today, we actually read a double portion. Oh. And we finish the book of Shemois. We do Vayakel and we do Pekudei. Those are the names of the last two parshas. And of course, whenever we finish a uh, portion of the Torah, we say Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazek, because it's a, uh, it's a goal, it's a milestone that we are able to finish a uh, reading of the Parsha. Of course, it goes by the reading of the Torah every week that we uh, listen to and is read in the shul, but also hopefully we learn a little bit every week, so we're sort of going along with the Parsha. Why are we reading two this week? Good question. Why are we reading two this week? Vayakil Pikude together. The way it was set up, it's set up that we should complete the Torah once a year. Mm-hmm. On Simchat Torah, what is Simchat Torah? That is the joy of completing the Torah. And we start it over. And we start over right. again. So Shabbat Breshit, we start from the Breshit. And Simchat Torah, we finish the last portion. That's why we make the celebration, the joy. That's the way it was set up. The problem is... Some years we have a leap year, which you have an extra month, which would give you additional oh. four Shabbatot. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. And this Some, isn't one of them. And this isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. So we have to combine in order so that we can cover all the... So four times you have a double partial? Uh, well, that's a good, very good point as well. There's other considerations, other issues that happen, because if a yomtev comes out on Shabbat, for example... Say, if Sukkot comes out on Shabbat, uh, so then that Shabbat, we won't read the regular Torah portion, we'll read the portion for Sukkot. So we're going to be missing, so it's too much, and I don't know offhand exactly, but the calendar, the way they figured it out already, it's four, like you're saying, but there could be more, and it changes around. So there is an exact... Wow, no wonder why you have to study all the There is an exact <laughs> schedule how that works you know that's oh, and some, so somebody figured it all out yeah it's already figured out it's the calendar we know it mm-hmm. and there's actually a cycle there's two cycles there's a 19 year cycle there's a 28 year cycle which repeats itself exactly that everything goes back exactly okay. in the same order based upon you know the movement of the sun and the moon and the coordinating between them in which things go back to its original original place. So yes, this, all these things have been figured out, <laughs> and they all could be studied, and it's all, it's, all, it's all pretty clear, but you gotta figure out everything. But in this case, we know, in this case we know, yeah, that if you're gonna do, if you if you're gonna do, I was sitting on it. Yeah, Vayakel Pikudei? Okay. Okay, good. So if you're gonna do Vayakel and Pikudei together, you're gonna get, by the time you're gonna finish, you're gonna have the whole Torah. So by the end, by Simcha's Torah, you're going to have the... I was wondering why it was... I couldn't tell my students why it was doing... I must have just missed that. That was the question well, that the Nancy question asked. Is I only thought it was together when it's like a leap year or something like that. Not a leap year. When it's not, it's a, not leap a leap year this year. Right. When it's not a leap year, that's why it's together, because we need... We're missing... We can't oh, okay, read in okay, every okay, Shabbos. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Because but she has, right. there's four, but I told her there's just other things also that may, that happen. Just when I think I get it, there's more stuff. No, I tried to explain to a friend once that the leap year, instead of an extra day, there's an extra month. And that's why all the holidays end up so much uh, later. Could you put a hot water? Just that's all. We have tea.
What? Charger piece with a wall piece? No. I'm still Upstairs trying to readjust to American food. That's how I, I had explained to a friend why all the holidays were late one year. And I go, it was a leap year. She goes, a leap year? I go, extra month. She goes, extra month? And this is a friend, this is my friend who lives in Rhode Island who, she's got me and Abby and had it, we're all Jewish. So she, she actually, she had Abby was amazed hair, that she remembered it was porn. So like she knows a good chunk Slight, of holidays based slender, on us. So I had to explain to her the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she lets it, you know? Yeah, so there's just a lot of, there's just a whole bunch of other details. I'm really close with her parents. Yeah. Her dad goes, my two Jewish daughters. She lived in Providence. That's how close to But she, it was, I don't know. So that's why we have the portions of Yakiel and Pikude together. That way we completed all by Simchat Torah, and that's the way it's worked out. Okay, so in any event, because it's also Pikude, we finish the entire section of Exodus, the book of Exodus, so that makes it also special. We say Chazak, Chazak, Vinis Chazak. I've already explained to you what makes a book in the Torah. Remember, we talked about what makes, we have five Chumashim, right? The Chumash is a fifth, Chomesh, it's a fifth. We call it a chumash. Why is it five chumashim? Because in the Torah, in the scroll, there is a space of four lines in between one chumash and the other one. That makes it a chumash. Since there is four spaces, basically, between the first and the second and the second, third, third and the fourth, and the fourth and the fifth, so those each chunk is called a Chumash, it's called the fifth. So that's why we have the fifth. So we're finishing one section, we're finishing the Exodus. That's why we're actually saying Chazak, Chazak, Veniz Chazik. So talking a little bit about, um, you know, about prayer. So there's, you know, sometimes we, we, we look for hints for various different parts of our prayer. Now we know, like, prayer has been instituted by the rabbis. Yep which means, actually, prayer is from the Torah. Uh, prayer, what does prayer mean, essentially? What does prayer mean? Prayer means that you, first of all, that you believe that there's somebody that listens to your prayer. You also believe that the one who listens to your prayer could make a difference, that he has the power to do things. Because So you're praying to Hashem that he should you know, give you what you need. So we pray to Hashem. But that would be a non-structured kind of prayer. So that would mean whenever you feel like it, whenever you have a need, whenever you uh, want it, you, you pray to God and you pray. But it wouldn't take a specific format. It wouldn't take a specific blessings or anything that you do. But then we know the rabbis instituted that we pray a specific way, we do specific blessings. It's also, I mean, the rabbis, I'm sure there's many different reasons, but one of the things is, if it's not structured, then eventually it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really last. Because if it was up to everybody, so, you know, today I don't have any time, tomorrow I do that. If it's structured, it becomes a, sort of a permanent, it gets a routine. Uh, routine and something that you do all the time. But then, if you look in the prayer, when we talk about prayer, what is, what is prayer? Prayer is another word we call the prayer to distinguish it when you say davening or prayer. It means the whole, you know, the whole prayer book. You know, there's a story told about, uh, about a fellow who 
used to like to pray and one time the Baal Shem Tov came to his house and the family um, you know were very hospitable and they fed him well and they gave him, took care of him and he asked where is the uh, head of the household where's the husband where's the man of the house and they said he's praying he's praying praying and then he's praying uh, he's praying so long what is he doing so long praying so eventually he finished he came out the Baal Shem Tov, he greets the Baal Shem Tov very warmly and uh, he uh, you know speaks to him nicely and the Baal Shem Tov asks him how come you're praying for so long he says look he says I'm a very simple man and I not learn it so I take the prayer book you know I start from the first page and I just go through the whole prayer book it just takes me a long time so the Baal Shem Tov says, well, that's not what you're supposed to do. He says, you know, there are prayers, some prayers you do in the morning, some you do in the afternoon, some in the evening, some for Rosh Hashanah, some for Yom Kippur, some for Hanukkah, some for Purim. There's all different prayers. You don't do the whole book. He says, Rebbe, but he says, I don't know, so I just do the whole book. So the Rebbe, the Baal Shem Tov says, you know what, let me show you. So he takes, a, takes the sitter. He says puts in a little bookmark, this is Shacharit, morning, this is Mincha, he goes through the whole Siddur, now he has all these little notes in there. He was so happy, and the Baal Shem Tov leaves. Leaving, and this man was dancing with his Siddur, he was like, now he doesn't have to daven a whole day, he can just daven for an hour or so, and then he can finish. But he was so excited that he dropped the Siddur by accident. And all the bookmarks fell out. <laughs> he was devastated, so he starts running after the, after the Baal Shem Tov. And he comes, goes to the Baal Shem Tov, and then they come to a place where you have to take like a little, across the ri- little river over there, you have to cross by, uh, by boat over there. And he stops there and he asks the person, did you see this old man with a long white beard pass by? Yeah, he says he was uh, just passed by. And they said, I need to catch him because he wanted to run after and chase him to, to show him again where to daven because he needed to know the daven. So he's trying to chase, run after him. So he says, well, the boat isn't going till another 20 minutes. No, he says, no, I got to catch up with him right away. So the guy says to him, you know, something very mysterious took place. This old man with the white beard describing, he didn't wait for the, bo- the boat. He took his gartel, that's the, you know, the, the, the river out. He put it on the water and he walked right over it and he came to the other side. So this guy takes his garden and walks over on the other side too, and he runs, and he catches up to the Baal Shem Tov. Shem Tov looks at him. He says, what are you doing? Oh, Rebbe, Rebbe, he says, please, you have to show me again how to dive in all the places. I lost all the papers. Please, please, save me them again. Baal Shem Tov looks at him. He says, how'd you get here? He says, well, so how did you get over the, the water? He says, well, they told me that you put your gartel on the water and you passed. I did the same thing. He says, ah, he says just keep dabbing the way you did. Don't <laughs> <laughs> do anything different. You know, I mean, so the dabbing, though, has a structure. So we don't daven everything. We daven certain pieces, we daven. So it has a certain structure. We do what we, what we do. Now, if you count the blessings... In the davening, you'll see there's 18 times that we say Baruch Hashem. 
matter of fact, you know, so there's 18 blessings. If you count the blessings in the uh, in the Amida, that's that's the prayer. The prayer is the Amida. That's everything is called the prayer, but the the real prayer, prayer, prayer is the Amida. That's why I said before, the book is called the prayer book. He davened the whole book, but the Amida, that's the prayer. So in the Amida, if you look, you'll see there's 18 blessings over there. Eight. Actually, there is 19 blessings. Most of the time when people talk about, they don't call it the Amida. We call it the Amida when you're standing, just to make it easier. Amida means when you're standing, because that part you have to stand. But most of the time it's called the 18 prayers. It's called Tfilat Yudchet, the 18 prayers. There's actually 19. Why is there 19? Because at some point they added one more blessing. Because the Jewish people suffered immensely in the hands of the people that used to um, go to the government and used to slander them and used to cause the Jewish, the religion, the Jewish religion, a lot of problems. So they instituted a special blessing against those Malshinim, Altisikva, those who caused them, you know, all these hardships. So it's not, it's 19, but really it's 18. It's always known as 18 blessings. And the question is, where do these 18 blessings come from? Where did, why 18? So everything has to have, you know, we know Chai, Chai is 18, but okay, that's a nice number. Chai, but why, why the number 18? Where does it come 18? What's the significance of 18? Life. Well, 18 is life. Huh? It's life. It's life. Okay. Chai is life. How is Chai life? Because the word Chai means life. But that doesn't seem there to answer clearly why we need 18. Maybe that's another, <laughs> another interpretation. But anyways, there is a, 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 a wording in the, in, the, in the Talmud Yerushalmi, in Jerusalem Talmud. We know we have two Talmuds. We have the Babylonian Talmud, and we have the Jerusalem Talmud. So in the Jerusalem Talmud, it says like this. It says, if you look in today's portion, in the portion of Pichude, you will find that there's 18 times, 18 times in the Parsha, where it says that Moses did as Hashem instructed him. Uh, we're talking about the construction mainly of the, uh, of the garments and the various different kinds of, uh, uh, also the uh, service of the uh, temple, how they covered the temple, how they made the Mishkan and everything. Each time the Torah keeps on saying, Moshe did as Hashem has instructed him. Moshe did as Hashem has instructed him. If you count, how many times does it say that Moshe did as Hashem has instructed him, you'll see there's 18 times. Now, I actually tried a copy. I went through. I think here in the verses that I quoted over here, that I brought down, I think I only came up with 70. <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I'm missing one. But anyway, I got to go back. From which Torah portion? Okay, this isn't the portion of Pikude, in which it says that Moshe Rabbeinu did as Hashem has instructed him. So he says there's 18 times. Matter of fact, now I only came up with 17 of I gotta go back and really count the verses again. 
But I looked at the verses to try to see where the 18 times there, and you know, we have time, we can go through the verses, but I only came up with 17, so we have to find the 18. But there is one more verse, which the Jerusalem Talmud, if you have to go, it's okay. I'll, I'll stay a few more minutes. Yeah, in the Jerusalem Talmud, I figured if we get it really interesting, you'll get it. Uh, you got me. I just uh, have people coming over my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, so he says, if you, uh, you count, also there's another issue here. There is a 19th time. Now, 19 would actually fit because we say there's actually 19th blessings. But there is really 18 blessings. The 19th was added later on. So it has to match with 18. So the Jerusalem Talmud says like this. It says that 19th time, it only talks about, there were two main people that constructed the Mishkan, as we learn. It was Betzalel, and it was Aliyah. I said, it's interesting. Betzalel begins with a base, Aliyah begins with an Aleph. So you have the base and the Aleph. It's like the Chumash begins with a base, Breshis Baralikim, and the Ten Commandments begins with an Aleph, Anoich and so the base is the number one. So Betzalel was considered the head. And Betzalel came from a very important family, and he was uh, from the tribe of Yehuda, amongst the tribes that was considered the elite. And within the tribe of Yehuda itself, he also had his lineage. He was a grandson of Miriam, which was Moshe and Aaron's sister. And he had a lot of... Uh, you know, we learn about Chur, who was left uh, time when Moshe Rabbeinu went on the mountains. Chur was left in charge. He was sort of the monitor. I mean, he comes from a very, very important family. So he was the head who was organizing all the construction. Underneath him, the second to him, was this Ahaliyov. Ahaliyov actually comes from the lowest of the tribes, which means the least important, because his mother was a concubine wife of Jacob. So she was his wife, but she was a concubine wife, which didn't have quite the status as the other ones. And this is one of the stories, the, 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 the things that got Joseph in trouble, because Joseph was friendly with the, with the children of the concubine wife, and the other brothers didn't like that too much, and because they would sort of called them names, say, you're not really children because you're not, you know, so, so whatever, that's, that's a whole other story. The Torah specifically, as Rashi explains, brought them both to show that everybody's equal before Hashem. They're both being in the construction. So we have Betzalel, the most important, and Ahaliyov. So the first time in the portion of Pikude that it says over there, as Hashem has said to Moshe, over there it only talks about Betzalel. So the Jerusalem Talmud, that doesn't count as one of them. It's only when Betzalel and Ahaliyah, all these, when it says they did as Hashem, they did. Whose they did? Betzalel and Ahaliyah. They were the ones that were in charge of the construction. So only from the point where they're both working together is where we count that Hashem is in motion. Where Betzalel is by himself, we don't count. That's what the Jerusalem Talmud says. But 
this whole statement sort of needs to be understood. Number one, okay, 1818, the numbers match, but what's, what is the connection? Why is prayer have 18 blessings because it says 18 times as Hashem has instructed Moshe? So what is the connection? And also, why is it only, why is it only after we have B'Tzalel together with Ahaliyah working together that we counted? And when B'Tzalel is working alone, the, four, the one time that we have B'Tzalel alone, we don't count that one. So why? Why? I mean, why is that? And, you know, Betzalel from the tribe of Yehuda, Yehuda is connected to, 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 to Ahidot. Without going into a lot of details, just to get a little bit of an understanding, what is the connection over there? In, in order to understand that, and we're going to make it short so that maybe five more minutes so that you can uh, get the idea over here what we're talking about over here. Um, the, what is the idea of prayer? The idea of prayer is like a ladder. It says when Yaakov had a dream, there was a ladder that was standing on the ground with the legs down on the ground and the top went always up to the heavens. Prayer is like a ladder, which means that it's a time which you climb the ladder, you go up the ladder of spirituality, you raise yourself higher, you go up. So you start from actually the very lowest part of yourself, of the world, and you slowly climb the ladder until you get up to the highest part. Actually, it goes both ways because the ladder goes from the bottom to the top, but then there's also comes from the top to the bottom, which Basically, this is the two levels of tefillah and Torah, prayer and Torah. Because Torah comes from Hashem, from above and goes down below, and tefillah brings you up from below to above. It's the both the connection. And actually, the tefillah that raises us high up to Hashem also eventually brings down the blessings from Hashem, from high up down to this world. So that's a ladder of connection. But now as we're talking about prayer, it's an idea of connecting ourselves, the lower parts with the higher parts. So essentially, we need to include every part in our prayer to elevate it to the highest levels. We can't leave any part behind. Which basically means we can't say we're going to serve Hashem just with our heart, with our minds, but you know, with our hands, with our feet, with the rest of our, we're not going to serve Hashem. We have to serve Hashem with our entire being. Every part, we have to go down to the lowest of the levels. And we each one have in ourselves like the Betzalel, which is the higher level, tribe of Yehuda, the more important parts in ourselves, And we have the Ahaliyah, we have the lower part, the, the Machanet, the Dom, which is the lower part in ourselves. When we raise ourselves, we can't just do our B'tzalel. We need to do the whole being, the Ahaliyah. We need to do every part of ourselves. We have to raise it up. 
Matter of fact, there's an interesting uh, little prayer that we do every morning before we go to pray. We say a little piece over there, that's in the Chabad Siddur. We say, which means the very opening first passage after the brachot, brachot hashachar. We say, I accept upon myself the positive command, love thy fellow as yourself. Now, you would say, uh, okay, we understand it's an important mitzvah, love thy fellow as yourself. You know, that's uh, very important. But what has that got to do with the prayer? Why is that? How is that the opening of the prayer? Because that same idea of not only bringing yourself up, but to also include everybody else, even people who are not yet ready to pray, even other people, you want to include yourself and you want to say, look, I want to impact and I want to raise not only myself, not only my selfish, uh, find it good for myself, but rather I want to include everybody to include everybody to bring them up. And that's why the 18 blessings correspond to the 18 times where you have both. Not just the Betzalel, not just the great one. We need all, every part of it. And that's why it's connected to the Mishkan. Because, as you know, in the story of the Mishkan is related twice. Almost seems redundant. It's related in the portion of Truma and Tetzaveh in which God tells Moses on the mountain that he should construct it. And then it's related again in the portion of Pikudei and Vayakil and Pikudei, which it says how Moshe Rabbeinu told them and they constructed it. Why does the Torah tell us both of these stories? Because these are two separate stories, really. One is a story of God talking to Moses on a very spiritual level. That's Truma Tetzaveh. The other one is the portion of Ayakil and Pikude, which is a very pragmatic and a very literal, and in a sense, something that we do over here in this world. Physical. Physical. The Mishkan, the real Mishkan, the real place where the dwelling of Hashem is to take the physical, to take the mundane, and to elevate it. It's essentially the same thing what the prayer does is what the Mishkan does. The Mishkan and then the Karbanot and everything in the service of the Mishkan was to turn around and elevate and take the physical matter that's all around you, make it higher, make it closer to Hashem. That is what prayer does. Prayer makes you and everything around you. And that's why we have the prayer instead of the Karbanot, to make us higher, to make us closer to Hashem. And we have to remember that we cannot just do the spiritual parts, but it also must go down to the physical parts. And that's why, you know, sometimes, you know, you meet people that will tell you, you know, I'm a good Jew in my heart. I love God. I love the people. But I don't do anything. But that's not enough. That's good. That's good. It's a start. But the real turnaround to take to find God, not only in the spiritual, to find God also in the physical. That means that you're extending God's presence to everything in the world. Because it's easy to say, you know, I'm going to be a Jew when I'm in the synagogue. It's holy, it's good, it's pure. 
But what about when I'm doing business? Then I'm equal to everybody else. There is no difference, no? You have to extend that into the physical, into nature, into everything that we do. And essentially, that actually brings down the essence of Hashem into our lives, into the Mishkan, and into other. And that's the Rebbe explains. That's also the reason for the redundancy. You can look over the sheet and you'll see again. I gotta find the 18th one, <laughs> which I didn't find. Uh, you find the 18th one if you read in the Chumash to find the 18th one. And also, um, do we get a prize if we find well, it? <laughs> well, you'll help me out. You know, you'll help me out. Find the 18th one. I, I'm, I'm assuming that it must be somewhere. I missed out one of them in the middle. I missed out one of them in the middle. But that's that's where it lies. Thank okay. you very much. It's okay. great to be back. Okay. <laughs>